Welcome to the Long COVID podcast with me, Jackie Baxter. I am really excited to bring you today's episode. Please do check out the links in the show notes where you can find the podcast website, social media and support group, as well as a link to buy me a coffee if you are able. You should not rely on any medical information contained in this podcast and related materials in making medical health related or other decisions. Please do consult a doctor or other health professional. I love to hear from you. If you've got any suggestions or feedback or just want to say hey, then please do get in touch. I really hope you enjoy this episode. So here we go. Welcome to this episode of the Long COVID podcast. I am delighted to welcome my guest today, Charlotte Hammond, who has come along to share her recovery story. So I am super excited to dive into this. Um, a very warm welcome to the podcast. Hello. <laughs> um, so this is going to be really fun. Um, to begin with, would you mind just saying a little about yourself and maybe your life before COVID? So I am 30 years old. Uh, Before COVID, I was living in Birmingham. I was head of English and modern foreign languages in a quite tough, quite big school. Um, I had my own house. I had cats um, and I was quite a a busy person. I was always doing things. Um, I went out a lot with my friends and I think I was somebody who wasn't brilliant at giving myself a break for things. I think I was somebody who was quite, you know, um, I guess they call it type A. Um, (laughs) And then um, sort of in the months before I got COVID, um, I had a really tough time at work. So my nervous system was like not in a good place anyway. Um, And I moved to a new school, which was very, uh, everyone was working 12 hour days. And, you know, there wasn't a culture of taking a break. I mean, um, you know, my my manager, he'd had a heart attack and hadn't taken a break. So it was a very like um, intense environment. Um, and that's where that's when I fell ill. So um, it's kind of a perfect storm, really. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think we probably need to be careful about stereotyping because there's exceptions to every rule. But there certainly does seem to be quite a pattern with people who are working a lot of hours, maybe in quite a stressful environment, maybe doing quite a lot else on top of that. Yeah. Um, I was exactly the same and you know I didn't see this as being a problem I just thought this was what I did and you know if someone had turned around and said to me you're doing quite a lot I would just be like yeah I do but I don't think I even really noticed it because I was surrounded by other people who were doing the same so why was it a problem if I was doing it if everybody else was as well and I suppose that's where we come along with this thing well why did this happen to me and it didn't happen to all these other people who were also living the same lifestyle. And I suppose that's the question, isn't it? <laughs> I think they don't know, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, it is, I, can, I can relate to a lot of what you just said <laughs> in, in my own pre-COVID lifestyle, for sure. Um, so it sounds like you actually probably got ill at school. So um, I'm pretty sure, obviously, you can never be 100%, but a colleague of mine got COVID um, a few days before I did. So uh I think it's it's pretty likely that I picked it up at the school and I think you know for a while there was a lot of I had a lot of emotions around that because I think you know Covid safety protocol isn't you know that there aren't that many rules about what has to happen in schools and I think our school was on the more lax end of that 
so I think that was something that for a long time I found quite difficult kind of watching people not following guidelines and more so watching people getting COVID and getting quite ill from it and then not taking a break afterwards I was like no please take a break because I didn't um I decided that being ill meant that I should try and you know clean the house and get all the jobs done that I hadn't done when I was exhausted and that was obviously just the worst thing I could have done so yeah I think that was something for a while that I had to learn to kind of accept that people are going to do their own thing and and you know people have to learn their own lessons about it really yeah definitely and I suppose you know like we were saying before about you know there being certainly a lot of people with this kind of sort of personality lifestyle that end up with long Covid we are exactly the sort of people that do the worst possible thing when we get sick (laughs) you know because we're always busy we're like oh well I'm ill I'm not going to let that stop me I again that was sort of what I did and certainly I've heard the same from quite a few other people and um it's interesting how your perspective changes once you've kind of entered this world, isn't it? Because I remember, you know, during my journey, I was looking at other people who were, you know, getting COVID left, right and centre. And I was thinking, you know, partly, why are you putting yourself in the position where you're going to get it? Because look what happened to me. But also, you know, please, please don't make the same mistakes that so many of us have made before. You know, we know that this is a nasty virus. Yes, we know that some people seem to be okay. But we also know that plenty of people aren't. So, you know, please respect your body, you know, and, and don't push through. But, you know, plenty of people did. And, you know, plenty of people did seem to get away with it, but so many didn't. And I think, yeah, seeing it from this other side, certainly for me, was actually quite triggering. Yeah. I think looking at people, you know, trying to push through, trying to keep working, trying to, as you say, clean the house. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I suppose it's one of those things that's when you're like, quote unquote, young, fit and healthy, you feel indestructible. And the thought that this could happen to you is like, well, it won't happen to me because I'm young, fit and healthy or, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So when was it that you actually got ill? So it's the end of October um, 2021. So it's just at the beginning of my half term. So I was gutted. Um, Obviously, looking back, that was not the big tragedy it felt like at the time. I was like oh my god I'm missing a week of like fun things and it turns out it was longer um so yeah I got ill then and just the same as a lot of other people I wasn't like ill enough remotely that I ever considered needing to go to hospital or anything like that my breathing wasn't great I was just so fatigued um and it just felt like it was going to go away and of course it just didn't and it just kept sort of dragging on I, I tried to go back to work after the kind of two weeks off and went back in for three days and just made myself so much iller, um, which I think a lot of people did. And I remember kind of sitting in a meeting with someone at work and just thinking, I'm not going to be able to work here. They weren't in a place where they could really let me take my foot off the pedal as well. And I was like, this just isn't going to work. So, yeah, I kind of had to come to terms with that really early on, that I wasn't going to have the job I loved anymore. And then it just kind of developed from there, really. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, again, it's, you know, we we talk about reasonable adjustments and and things like this in the workplace. And, um, you know, I I also worked in education and, you know, like just going back in a way that would work for me just wasn't really an option. You may be, you know, if your employer had allowed you, you know, certain things, then maybe there might have been ways to do it. But I think like looking back on it for me, 
education is such a stressful environment, or it certainly can be such a stressful environment, that that stress on top of you not being anywhere near 100% actually would have been the worst thing for me to do would be to have tried to go back, I think. But you know, there, there were so many people that did because they felt they had to, or maybe they did have to financially. Um, and thinking about that kind of stress, you know, and, and education is not going to be the only stressful job environment in the world, but, you know, that's one I have personal experience of for sure. And uh, yeah, just kind of thinking back to the sort of the stress it put on me even before I was ill. It is very, very interesting, isn't it? You know, a lot of people who have recovered that I've spoken to did allow themselves to take that time off and did just let their body do it or, you know, find the things that help, but they needed a bit of a clean kind of break anyway we've totally sidetracked there um you were talking about your um initial illness and, and did that just kind of develop into long covid what did that look like for you yeah just at first it was just not getting better and it was just going on and on and then it did start to get worse um i think a lot of it was you know i lived on my own and that was fine when i was out and about and doing things but you know, my friends were all in their 20s, they, you know, they didn't know what to do. And my sort of older friends, people who would have come around and helped me with things lived in other places. So I was a bit isolated. Um, and I was trying to do everything myself still. And, you know, I just kept getting iller. So eventually, it took me kind of four months or so to make the decision. Um, I moved back in with my parents. So I'm now in the countryside in Buckinghamshire. And that was just the only thing that would have worked. It was just the best thing to do. Um, you know, I was lucky I was a homeowner, so I was able to rent my house out and financially I kind of kept afloat that way. But um, it was a really tough decision. But like, you know, a lot of people say with on COVID, you just really have to pair it right back to, you know, what you can do and what your energy levels will allow. And it's shocking how little that is at first. You know, I mean, I was managing maybe five minute walks, you know, when I was at my worst, quite often not not even that, not leaving the house. And it was such a change but then slowly did start to get better. So it, it took a few months to kind of get to the point where I wasn't declining and I was actually kind of improving. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point about it. Just a quote unquote healthy person cannot understand just how little someone with long COVID or any chronic condition, I would imagine, can actually do. And that was something I really struggled with to start with because, you know, I was a very active person beforehand. So I was like, oh, well, I just need to like, you know, do a little bit less. So, you know, I can still try to go running. It, it didn't go well. And, you know, yeah, I was trying to do too much, far, far, far too much for far too long. And like you, I was getting worse and worse and worse. But it took me quite a long time to really find that kind of, I don't know, people call it a baseline, don't they, of, of how how little I could do before I wasn't actually getting worse. And even then, some of those days were, you know, you wouldn't describe them as enjoyable. Yeah, definitely not. When you're in that, it can feel like a very isolating experience. And I think um, because it's unlikely that you're going to have other people in your life who, who have the same condition. I think that's where things like this and like the online community is so important, because seeing other people who are having it and also other people who are getting better I think if you didn't have that it would feel like something that was just going to last forever and there's just nothing worse than feeling awful and just thinking I'm never going to feel better you know yeah exactly and like you say it's very isolating and when when you're kind of in it especially when you're in a really bad kind of phase of it 
it's like all hope is gone yeah. everything is awful there's no way that you can ever recover it's not like you know you can't even imagine having a slightly better day you know when when you're in that really kind of bottom of the trough kind of thing and um, you know I, I was quite lucky to have a supportive partner but in some ways even having him almost sometimes made it feel worse because I was comparing myself to him and what we used to be doing. And, you know, I, I suppose it's a very different thing. I remember saying to him at one point, I can't even imagine what this would have been like if I'd been on my own, like I was no way I would have coped. But at the same time, I think life would have been much more about, I need to survive, you know, so today's energy is gonna go on making dinner. Um, Whereas what I was thinking was, well, he's making dinner, so what else can I do? Which was a terrible idea and it was making me worse and it took me a long time to realise that. But actually, if he was making dinner, that meant that I could rest and not try to do other things. And that was when I started to sort of see some improvement was when I stopped trying to do things that I shouldn't be. But it was just this idea of the things that you shouldn't be doing were just so unimaginably small that you couldn't comprehend it when you're still kind of in that previous kind of, I don't know, it was almost like it took a long time for my brain to adjust to the new circumstances. To catch up, yeah. I think people expect you to be a different person from the moment you get ill and you're still the same person in your head. I remember quite early on in my illness, I was having a slightly better day and I'd managed like a a five minute stroll I hadn't been out the house for a while and I sort of told my friend and she was like oh that's good and I was like no it isn't it, you know because I was still in my I was like you wouldn't say it was good if you'd only managed to get out the house for five minutes um I was quite annoyed when she said that but obviously like her heart was in the right place and she was just thinking of me as this new person this sick person but I was still my old self in my head and I and to some extent I still am but I'm also massively changed it's a, it's a funny it's a funny thing really yeah, I think that would be a really interesting thing to talk about, actually. But I would love to hear a little bit about what you found that helped. So I was really, really lucky in that we were able to um, have a few meetings with a private doctor who was incredible. And the reason he was so good, one of the reasons was he's had long COVID himself. And he treated the whole person. And that was something that I was really missing sort of before. So he didn't say it's all in your head but he equally recognized that the brain and the body are so connected and that all of these things sort of come together so I found quite a few different things helpful in the early stages um I changed my diet and that was really great uh so I went gluten-free sugar-free that was really really helpful and then also cold water I know that I think you love love a bit of cold water swimming as well yes oh I do I do I loved it. but I think when I couldn't exercise I was like oh I can't do that but actually just getting in the cold water is obviously so good for you um and just cold showers and stuff are really good so that was helpful but I think also just kind of he gave me the permission to celebrate really really small wins and to kind of have new aims in life I think because he understood where I was at it, it really helped me he understood it better than I did it really helped me to scale back my expectations um, and find that baseline a lot quicker than I would have done otherwise so that was the main thing that helped me kind of in the early stages yeah definitely I mean like I was saying earlier you know it took me a long time to realize how little I should be doing and I think you know I spent quite a lot of time doing the wrong things you know, and I think if I hadn't spent so long doing the wrong things and I had found some of the right things earlier on, actually, I probably would have recovered quicker. 
but at the same time you know berating myself for doing the wrong things is kind of not helpful is it um but um that's really interesting that you did you kind of managed to get onto that kind of idea a little bit quicker <laughs> it certainly seems to have maybe helped just because of the help really I mean the very first doctor I went to see told me to walk every day and you know do all this stuff which I started doing and, and but very quickly felt iller so I was very very lucky to to kind of be put in touch with this uh this particular person also you know it wasn't just lifestyle stuff he did also give me supplements he gave me kind of um like antihistamines and stuff and that all really helped my body just to start repairing itself and kind of felt big for me because it felt like he was legitimizing it you know by kind of prescribing me things it was like this is an illness this is not you know you're just more tired than everyone else and I think that was quite big as well yeah absolutely that um I think really being listened to yeah it's so important isn't it I mean you know you, you hear about a lot of people being gaslit by their doctors you know which I'm sure is is awful I didn't experience that as such but it was more possibly because I was ill very early on it was like there were no doctors you know there was nobody there to listen there was nobody to say we're not sure what's going on but yes you are ill no you're not the only person um you know there are other people out there kind of thing it was more that you know actually even just getting hold of a doctor was impossible and even then they'd like you know what you're just not ill enough for me to really have the time to listen to so I think really being heard I think we maybe underestimate that sometimes don't we you know when when you're really really struggling you're really really unwell for someone just to sort of say I hear you yeah I think I hear you and then also I'm curious about how we can make you better because I think even hearing from a doctor I hear you but there's nothing I can do you're so frustrated because you think well okay but we need to do so I can't just be ill like this forever you know I was perfectly healthy before and now I'm like you know disabled can't leave the house all of these things and what was really good what was really important for me was that he was like okay well if you're having this symptom you know let's try this thing let's try these things and see if it works um and it kind of felt like a dialogue which obviously is what healthcare should be so that was really huge and then also you know my parents were just on board from the start and and believed me and could could see how ill I was and could see what worked and what didn't and and that was also living with people who were kind of backing me up and supporting me even when I didn't support myself was a really big thing as well it's hard if you're on your own I think yeah yeah it sounds like you had a really good support system in place and you were lucky with your doctor that as you say not only did he hear you but he also was willing to try things Um, because you you hear this quite a lot in um in healthcare I think the so oh well we we don't really know what to do so we won't try anything and you know obviously there has to be a kind of a line but you know there are so many things that could be tried that you know there is now evidence that people that that they're certainly helping people so you know I I think there are a lot of things that people should be encouraged or helped to to try I guess again you know early on there was less knowledge of this and even, even now I think you know some doctors maybe are just quite scared of trying things I mean there's plenty of anecdotal evidence but in terms of like actual papers and and things there probably isn't so much because you know I suppose in in terms of of medicine and you know research and time and stuff we are quite early days. I mean maybe some of the other people have had different experiences but definitely my experience with the NHS I've had maybe one helpful appointment 
And I think a lot of the problem is, is that there are so many different things that are affected by long COVID for most people. I had things like, you know, my hair was falling out. I had palpitations. I had all these different things. And, and, you know, I think doctors had a hard time believing it was all based on the same thing. I think, you know, and that there was like a root cause to it all uh, because it just presented as quite complicated. So, yeah, I think that's something that is hard for the medical profession to get their head around a bit. And maybe my doctor having had it himself, that's why he was more able to understand kind of where I was coming from with it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember somebody describing the healthcare system, and I don't think this is just the UK, I suspect it's probably kind of globally, as being kind of very siloed. You know, you have people who are very, very talented in their specialty, which is not a bad thing, I'm sure. Uh, But also, it means that we lack this ability to be able to see the whole picture. So if somebody is very focused on one specific area of, say, the heart, you know, that, that's great if there's someone that has just a problem with their heart. But for somebody with long COVID, for example, where you've got palpitations and breathing problems and your gut's going crazy and your hair's falling out and you're, you know, all of these different things, it's actually there's nobody really joining the dots in a kind of helpful way, isn't there? And I don't know, I mean, I'm an eternal optimist, I think. And I think one of my hopes is that, you know, out of all of this complete horror of show of the last few years that um you know there will maybe be some silver linings and maybe you know there'll be more understanding of chronic illness for one and more empathy to people who are suffering with that but also that maybe the healthcare system will be able to see the person as a whole in a way that it doesn't at the moment we'll be right back I'm interrupting myself for a second to tell you about Long Covid Breathing. The fabulous Vicky Jones and I have teamed up to bring you Long Covid Breathing. We are both passionate about sharing our expertise and experience of the breath and how incredibly helpful that can be with Long Covid. We've worked together to develop a course that is specifically tailored to those with Long Covid. It's a six-week course with 12 sessions, all delivered online. The community feel and learning that we're all sharing is such a joy. To find out more information and to sign up for our courses, workshops and other shorter sessions, please check out the link below, longcovidbreathing.com or email longcovidbreathing at gmail.com to start your breathing journey with us. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, so many people have kind of had various you know, on the spectrum of long COVID, various things, I think it's hard to imagine that, that it won't improve and that it won't help other people with chronic illnesses because, you know, stuff that's going to work for long COVID is going to work for chronic fatigue syndrome, all sorts of things, isn't it? So, yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, there's, you know, what triggered it in the first place? There's there's so many crossovers and, you know, I think the debate is still raging about whether they are one and the same thing, but even if they're not there's so many similarities that as you say you know something that's going to work for one is at the very least going to benefit the other yeah so yeah you were talking about some of the things that helped you and yeah I'm a massive fan of the cold water as well that's been a huge thing for me how did things kind of progress from there so um basically what that did is it helped me to reach a a more functional baseline like it meant that I was having a life that was worth living really you know I was able to most days do something for two to three hours, whether that was I might go outside or whether that was, you know, um, I, I like writing, whether it's doing a bit of writing, whatever. So that obviously my mental health went right up after kind of being able to do those things. And, and it kind of was slowly going up. And I think basically I, I 
I managed to get some medication. Um, I don't think I'm allowed to share the details of uh, what I was able to get, but that sped up my recovery. I think though I was kind of slowly, you know, I was just kind of going up the steps. And I think had I not been able to have not been very fortunate and it kind of sped up, then I would have got there, but just got there a bit more slowly, maybe. <laughs> um, but I think that's why these medical trials are so important, because it is, you know, it's a proper illness and it needs medication. Like that, there is a thing that is going wrong inside people's bodies and that can be fixed. So I think it's great that they're doing these trials and there's lots of hopeful kind of, you know, obviously we all read a lot around it and um, there's lots of hopeful stuff out there. Yeah, I mean, I think um, something that I've noticed from speaking to other people and from my own experiences as well is that the body has a remarkable kind of capacity to heal itself. And, you know, that actually if you put it into the right environment by, you know, taking away things that are stressful and replacing them with good things, um, that actually, you know, it will do a lot of things itself. But that doesn't mean that I guess medication doesn't have its place you know maybe it could you know help speed things up if your gut is really wonky for example or um you know people talk about um things like beta blockers for example for palpitations and things um you know and and i didn't have access to all of that i did it all naturally but it took me a really long time um whereas actually if i'd maybe been able to access some of those medications earlier on it might have sped up the process a little bit i will i don't know because i will not be able to live a parallel <laughs> parallel version of myself to find out but um i think it all has its place definitely i think the main thing is is just you know for people who have it more severely i think it's so important to know that it is worth doing all the little things that make your life a little bit better because they are working on the big things you know and i think for some people you know without that bigger help it is very challenging to to kind of overcome um and particularly if your circumstances you know you don't have enough money to be living the lifestyle that is the best for your body um i think it's really good to know that those things are out there and, and will happen and i do really believe that you know that they, they will sort it out it's just going to take them a while i think <laughs> yes and i guess as you say in the meantime there are lots of things that we can be doing that definitely will help even if they're maybe slower going <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, something that I'm really curious about, because this is something that I've been through quite recently. How did you know that you were recovered? At what point, you know, it's like things have been improving. Things are now quite a lot better. Am I better? Am I not? Am I different? I mean, you said earlier you're a different person to what you were before. So how how do you compare you now to you then? And yeah, what, what does recovery look like for you? That's just a lot of big questions in there. Um, yes, <laughs> sorry. No, no, that's great. Um, in terms of when I knew I was recovered, I think that's been like an interesting process because there was an early point when I was like, I'm better. I woke up one day, I didn't have the vice-like grip anymore. I didn't have the fatigue. And I was like, oh my God, I'm better. And it was so euphoric and it was just as euphoric, if not more so than you think it's going to be, you know, when you're dreaming about it. And you know, ever since then, I, I do consider myself as not having long COVID, but that doesn't necessarily mean I am 100% where I was before, because obviously my body's taken a battering, you know, I was really ill for a long time. So then there's been also the kind of the recovery period of just building my body's strength back up and also like my tolerance to things, you know, I, I can't be around lots of people for as long as I used to be able to, you know, like sensory stuff bothers me more than it used to be because I also I've always had slight sensory issues and things but it is worse since I've had long COVID which um, I think is 
you know predictable but I didn't predict it <laughs> so when I started having these frustrations I was like I should be better now you know you kind of go through this I've earned it you know I should be completely well and I think it's continued to be a learning curve just in terms of giving myself a break and you know um kind of giving my body a break and still giving it what it needs so yeah I I, I would class myself as not having long COVID anymore but I think I I'm still not as fit as I was, for example, before. In terms of how I'm different, though, um, if we ignore the physical part, um, I am just so much more mentally resilient now. I am a totally different person. I know myself better. I mean, it was a horrible experience, but I think I've got so much out of it. And I know that almost anybody who's had a chronic illness will say the same thing. It really changes your mindset. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I just it's it's almost like you see things through a different lens so I have a new appreciation of all sorts of things you know the little things that I would really struggle with before or even not be able to do now I'm less like oh look a tree you know that doesn't mean that I'm not dreaming big but you know I definitely yeah have have a kind of yeah a new appreciation for for things that I can do and I think maybe a new appreciation for other people and their suffering because I've been there so, you know, I, I mean, you know, many disabilities are not visible, but, you know, when you see somebody in, in the street, for example, like physically, obviously disabled, and you will, you'll look at them through new eyes, I, I think, certainly for me and think, oh, gosh, right, you know, I obviously can't know what they're thinking and what they're feeling, because nobody can ever do that for somebody else. But I definitely feel, yeah, a, a new kind of, I don't know, maybe empathy for people who you know have have some difficulty in their life yeah I think for me as well like a, a greater comfortability with kind of emotions in general because I think I've always been before like quite a considered myself quite a tough person somebody didn't really show emotions and, and that was something I liked about myself and now actually I realize that that's not the weight of life and I think now I'm so much more comfortable if somebody does need support from me or if somebody is upset in front of me I kind of feel more naturally like I know what to do and I feel more connected to other people which is just such a lovely gift so um there are a lot of things with this illness that I am really really grateful for definitely we'll be right back hey there I'm just jumping in for a second to see if you're enjoying this episode if you're finding it useful, maybe you would consider sharing it somewhere, a friend, a group, or even on your Twitter feed. If everyone was able to share just once, we'd be able to get this information out to even more people who really, really need it. So please consider sharing somewhere if you possibly can. I hope you enjoy the episode, and thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting one, isn't it? I, um... I have told this story before, but I remember someone who I interviewed very early on and um, I was really struggling at the time. I hadn't really found anything that helped yet. I was, you know, getting on for 18 months in and everything was awful. Um, and she was a recovery story and she said, yeah, you know, I'm really grateful for my experience and I'm glad I went through it because I've come out better the other side. I, I, I paraphrase. And um, I remember thinking, how can you like yeah you know like I just I cannot comprehend and it's amazing how your perspective can change when you have recovered and you're looking back on it and I think well that was three years of my life and it was 
horrible and it was awful and I wouldn't want to go through it again and I'm not sure I would say I was grateful for it because you know it was horrible but at the same time as you say there are some good things to have come out of it I have learned some new things I've been kind of forced into this position where I've had to think differently about things and I would say there definitely are some silver linings even if I'm sort of a little bit I don't know um yeah about it <laughs> I don't even know what the word is for that I feel like it's it's fine for me to say there are silver linings but if somebody else tried to say to me <laughs> you had silver linings from your honours, I would be like absolutely not stop talking to me so I think it's a very personal thing isn't it and it's something that as ill people we should be allowed to take ownership of ourselves and we decide what we got out of it and what we didn't get out of it as well yeah I think that's a really good point actually you know and it, it comes back to us knowing our own bodies us knowing you know when a doctor says oh well you can't possibly be feeling that and I go well actually how can you don't tell me what I am and I'm not feeling um you know it's like you know your body best you're able to reflect on your experiences and have your own thoughts about them and it's not for somebody else to tell you how you should or shouldn't be feeling about that whether you're in the middle of your illness or whether you're coming out the other side or or whatever um and I, I wonder if it might be something that will change over time. You know, I at, at the moment, I'm kind of just just out of it and I'm still trying to adjust to what life is like now. And it's exciting, but it's also there's a lot of stuff that I wasn't expecting. So, yes, of course, I'm able to look back and say, right, well, I learned a lot, um, you know, maybe in two years time when I'm off living the dream, um, I might be able to look back and say, actually, OK, maybe now with a bit more time, you know, I'm, I'm able to think slightly different about it. I don't know, it'll be very interesting. But um, but yeah, I, I think absolutely, you know, it's it's your decision and, you know, your thoughts and yeah, nobody should be able to tell you how you should, should or shouldn't be, you know, reacting to things. Yeah, I think um, that's something I was so bad at before I was ill, like trusting myself and trusting that I knew the right thing, you know, to do. I think I did a lot of doing what people do, what you're supposed to do in situations rather than actually what was right for me. And that's kind of it's made life much easier for me now because I I'm so much more sure about what I want to do and I think you know everything I'm doing I feel I feel good about you know I feel much better about my choices now so um I think you you are forced to learn that when you're ill like what is it that I want or need in this situation because if you don't nobody else is going to figure it out because how can they so yeah 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 definitely um and there was something you re uh, really interesting that you said a moment ago about um I think you were saying how you were more sensitive to certain things and um, I'm curious about this because you know having been through this experience and you know have now learned to listen to my body in a way that I very much wasn't before I'm much more aware of it talking to me all the time that sounds really um, strange doesn't it um, but you know I'm, I'm, I listen to myself to my body much more so I notice much more than I did before. So now I'm like, oh, my breathing is not as good as yesterday or, oh, I feel a pain here or, you know, all these things. And I also, I instantly will go, oh, is it long COVID back? Oh, is this bad? And and I'm, I'm wondering how much of this is just me noticing more because I'm listening more. Oh, interesting. And then also with that, getting that balance, because that was something I found hard when I was first coming out of recovery was not you know conversely thinking too much about what my body was doing and going for things you know allowing trusting myself that I could go because it's a, it's it's a different mindset once you start recovering you can push yourself a bit more you know and it's not all about 
rest it is also about fun and also about what you want to do with your time um and that's lovely it's so lovely to get that back but i think it does take a little bit of adjusting um you don't want to live in fear and i think that's really important when you've recovered you deserve to do the things you want to do and to not be frightened all the time yes and yeah that i mean that's something i'm currently going through at the moment and uh like you say it's it's an adjustment isn't it you know when you've been ill for so long and you know every kind of bit of energy and every single task has to be very much accounted for and budgeted and you know if you do just a tiny tiny bit too much then you know that's it for however long and then moving past that into this kind of I don't have to think about pacing but also being aware that actually everybody should be mindful of what they're doing um so it's it's like you say it's a bit of a balance of of trying to to work out what quote unquote normal is and what it looks like because it's almost like we've we've forgotten um or we've had to readjust so much into the illness that actually coming out of it well it's a thing isn't it <laughs> well especially for you getting ill right at the start of the pandemic the world is totally different now from it, when you were last healthy so you know and everybody's more stressed everybody's got more health stuff you know that i'm just really noticing that and like we said you know there are some positives with that maybe people are more mindful kinder but i think I think the world is different and people's values are different now as well so it's not gonna look the same yeah that's a good point actually yeah so i would love to hear what advice might you give to yourself kind of either at the start or you know before the start of, of your kind of long COVID journey be very different advice depending on if i already had covid or not i think um, <laughs> because if it was before i would be like quit your job first of all like number one on the list um and just take some time but I know I wouldn't listen so this is the problem I think I had to go through it I feel like it was for me it was inevitable don't think that's the same for everyone but I just was on a in a rut on a path um in terms of after I got ill especially straight after I got ill I would have I would love to be able to go back to myself and just reassure myself that I'm not on my own I'm not as isolated as I feel people do love me and I do love people it just feels like that right now and that everything is temporary I think is the key because it feels like it's forever and your days feel so much longer when you're ill but actually now that I'm out of it I can't even remember really what it was like to feel like that so I think you know yeah you're not going to be in there forever is, is the main thing I would say yeah definitely I, th I think it's very difficult to imagine not being ill when you are so ill and I think that that can be such an awful place to be um, I mean you, you very briefly touched on mental health earlier and I think for me this has been a big thing you know when you are feeling that bad you know mentally you're then also feeling that bad and then the two kind of end up you know kind of negatively impacting each other to this point where it's very difficult to even have any hope that you will get better at all or even to see any improvement and that can be a pretty dark place to yeah. be, I think. Yeah, um, that's something actually I didn't mention before about things that help, but that I would really strongly recommend is getting therapy if you can. I will give you the link actually for this. Um, I went through a charity, so my session, £25 a session. It's obviously, you know, affordable. Um, and I was able to have, you know, lots and lots of sessions. Um, I had about, I think about 20 in the end. And I was in that position they base it on kind of household income and at the time I wasn't really earning so um it, it does depend on your financial situation but there are other charities as well um and I just think having someone to talk it through with 
is just such a, such an important part of recovery and having somebody who's not got a vested interest because the problem with my parents as much as I love them they were upset for me every time I got ill you know of course they were they wanted me to be well and I think that puts a certain amount of pressure on you uh whereas if you're talking to a therapist you can properly vent and discuss things so um yeah I'll definitely give you that link because I think that's so important for people I would totally agree with that I, uh, I remember saying, oh, you know, I, I don't need to, to talk to somebody because that's what my partner's for. You know, I can dump all of this on him and, you know, that's that's great. I'm lucky to have him. And uh, and I remember someone saying to me, partly, that's not very fair to him. And also, he's not useful for that. You know, he's he's there in a support role and he's great. But, you know, you need to talk to somebody who actually is kind of trained in that area in order to get anything out of it and uh, and again that that was something that was very very helpful for me and I was really glad that I made that decision and I wish I'd made it about 18 months earlier <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe that's what I would say to my pre-covid self actually go and get some therapy <laughs> yeah maybe um but I suppose it comes back to you know ev everybody's got stuff mm, definitely they? um I mean I'm, I'm still seeing mine and I um at the moment I I still feel like I have stuff stuff to bring to her all the time. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been really great um speaking to you and and hearing your story. And I really hope it's been helpful for others who are struggling as well because as we say it can be a very lonely dark place to be in. So, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to all of my guests and to you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it, or at least found it useful. The Long Covid podcast is entirely self-produced and self-funded. I'm doing all of this myself. If you're able to, please go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash longcovidpod to help me cover the costs of hosting the podcast. Please look out for the next episode of the Long Covid podcast. It's available on all the usual podcast hosting things. And do get in touch. I'd love to hear from you.